CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halischuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Report. I'm Erin Halischuk, a journalist with Black Press Media. We are now looking at week 15 in the 2022 NFL season, with only four weeks left until the playoffs. I'm joined today with Vancouver Island Daily and Parksville Qualicum Beach News Editor Philip Wolf to discuss all things NFL. Welcome back to the podcast, Philip. Always a pleasure. So I know every week we always chat about some twists and turns coming up in the season, but this past weekend and the weeks that just went by seem to have brought out a little bit more than usual. Let's start with maybe the feel-good story of the week, the 49ers backup, backup quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, the very last player chosen in this year's draft. He looked like he might be the starting quarterback now for the 49ers. He beat Tom Brady in his very first NFL game. What is this going to look like for the 49ers going forward and their playoff run? I'll cop out a little bit and say it's still a little early. That's the first time anyone's seen him play. You'll often see quarterbacks in their first game come in and do well, but then as soon as somebody gets some tape on them, make it a little difficult for them. But I like the fact that he started a lot, had a lot of reps in college. Mm -hmm. Always a good thing for me. Bill Parcells always used to like the four-year starters and just an endless amount of reps as opposed to the ones that have maybe more talent but no reps. I think Kyle Shanahan does a fantastic job with any quarterback. They've plugged in a bunch of them over the years. They seem to be third stringers everywhere else, but they start for San Francisco and they do well. I'm pretty confident that with that defense, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, I think they can still go on a run. I don't know if it'll be deep or not, but I always like to see that. I like to see the underdog stories. Very much. And it was really nice to see his parents and some of his family there. And I know they had a shot of his parents crying after the very first touchdown. So that was always like a really nice little moment. If he does do well, though, and San Francisco has Jimmy G, Trey Lance when he gets healthy next year, and Brock Purdy, I guess that's a good problem to have from a coaching perspective. But what do you do if you're the coach and you have three fairly strong quarterbacks? They say that Garoppolo might be back before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think depending on how Purdy does, he would get the job. Garoppolo will be elsewhere next year as a free agent, most likely. So I just think in that case, you let Trey Lance and Purdy battle it out in camp and go from there. He defeated Tom Brady at his very first career game, even if that's maybe his one and only career start. That's a pretty good story to tell. Speaking of Brady and the way that he's been playing this year and looking at his future in the league, is this actually going to be his last year or do you think he might get traded or might stick it out in Tampa Bay? Does he have a future for at least another year? I think if he wants to play, someone will always have him. I find it almost objectionable is after all those years of absolutely loathing him in New England, I now find that I'm pulling for Tom Brady, which Mm. is just very foreign and, and not a nice feeling, but he just seems like a good guy. You saw him on the field after the game signing the balls that the defenders had intercepted. Yeah. I think he sees that he's nearing the end. Far-fetched a little maybe, but you talk about the San Francisco quarterback battle next year. I wouldn't be wildly shocked if he ended up there. 
that is a possibility. I know there are a few rumors saying that could be his new home, which would be very interesting. Do you think he'll play next year? I think he probably will have one more year. I think given everything that he went through with his personal life to fight for the fact that he wanted to play this year, I have a feeling he'll be back for one more year. But ultimately, he's got a pretty cushy TV job waiting for him on the other side. And I guess it really depends on how his body is going to hold out. I could say one more year and then probably switch over to TV. Yeah. I'm of the mind that as long as you can play and somebody will pay you, just keep playing, especially if you love the game. Absolutely. Speaking of quarterbacks that maybe have fallen a little bit short this week, I've got a couple to talk about. Let's start with Tua, your guy for the Dolphins, who lost to the Chargers on Sunday after a really good start to the season. He's been in a little bit of a rut lately. What does the rest of the season look like for him? And what do you think Miami's playoff chances are looking at right now? I still think their playoff chances are maybe 50-50. This is the toughest stretch of their schedule. And they really needed that win against San Diego. That would have made it a lot easier. The way that we look at things today is is a little odd, especially with social media and all the hot take guys on TV. It's like you have a bad game and you're terrible and you have a good game and you're the greatest. It's like you have to take it over time. I think what happened in this game is they came up against a defense that did a really good job of taking away the middle, which is where... Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle like to feast. The San Francisco did the same previously, so it's the model, but it's how you adjust. I just think he had a bad game. Going into it, everyone wanted to compare Tua and Justin Herbert. It's always all about the quarterbacks. It's never about the teams. Going into the draft, as a Dolphins fan, I was hoping for Justin Herbert. I like the bigger quarterbacks with the cannon arms. You can do a lot of things on offense. You can scheme plays when a quarterback can make exceptional throws. Tua's best asset is his accuracy, but Justin Herbert can just make unreal throws. And the bigger guys don't seem to get hurt as much. They can take more hits. If you're a 245-pound quarterback back there, it stands to reason that you're going to do a little better than a 200-pounder. I'd finally gotten to the place where I think the Dolphins can win with Tua, and I still do. He's just had a couple of bad games. I like Mike McDaniel as the coach, and I really think that they'll just make some adjustments and move forward. They're in tough on a short week in Buffalo in the snow, but I didn't think they'd be that great this year anyway. I thought next year was the year, so this year is just gravy, and for him to be playing well for most of it, I'm okay with it. And I think considering what he went through with his injuries and concussion at the beginning of the year, it's even more credit to him. Absolutely. Another quarterback, speaking of injuries, that literally took a beating this past week was Russell Wilson, who lost a relatively close game to the Chiefs. Later in the game, he got what looked like a pretty scary concussion. And when he took off his helmet, had a pretty significant goose egg on his head. And he's currently sitting in concussion protocol. He's well-known around the league as the most sacked quarterback ever. What are his chances of playing this week? And do you think he'll actually make it back into play the rest of the season? Is it a good idea to maybe have him sit out and just write off the season and wait until next year? I think it's very important for Russell Wilson to have success with the Broncos this year. If it's a bad concussion, then sure, sit him out for the entire year, much like I thought Tua should have sat out for longer. But I really think that it's important for him to have some success and for the team and the feeling about it going into next year to have success. So if he can come back for the last 
game or the last couple of games and do well, I think that would bode well for them. He played actually quite well against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. He ran a lot. He hasn't been running. It's almost like he's been protecting himself for most of the year. He doesn't have the weapons that he had in Seattle necessarily. But when he's running, still very effective. It's a little odd for me too. I took a little bit of pleasure in watching him struggle when he did did leave the Seahawks. it, It made me smile a little bit. But it's gotten to the point where everyone is just piling on him so incessantly that now I'm rooting for him again, which is strange. I do want him to come back and have a little bit of success. Not too much because the Seahawks have Denver's draft pick. Mm-hmm. For him, I think it's really important that he come back. And if it's a significant concussion, then you know that makes it tough too. Safety is always a difficult situation, especially in the NFL. Do you think he'll come back? It's the Tom Brady effect, like you mentioned, right? I was in the same camp hoping that his season would be terrible, but now I'm rooting for him a little bit. And I think he will. I think that given his history with injuries, he's always trying to get ahead of the curve in terms of his body's ability to recover. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back. Maybe not this week, but the following week for sure. I don't think this is it for him for the season. But I don't think that his coach will be coming back anytime soon next year. I think this is probably the last few games. So it would be nice to see the two of them together, maybe for a final one or two games to round out the season. But I think he and Nathaniel Hackett are done. So we'll see what the last remaining weeks of the season do. But you're right. There is a tiny little bit of me that that does feel bad rooting for him. and definitely don't want to get (laughs) him injured in any major way or anything like that. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Speaking of season-ending injuries, I know that was something that also has been going on this past week. And Kyler Murray had a non-contact injury that essentially put him out for the rest of the season and possibly even into next year, given the fact that he tore his ACL on Monday night's game against the Patriots. His timing was really interesting with his contract, especially given the Lamar Jackson situation. I'm sure Lamar is looking at Kyler Murray going, oh, maybe I should have done something like that. But Murray just recently signed his five-year deal, might not be out until after training camp for next year. Where do you see his career going? I know his work ethic was questioned again earlier this year. He's got that juicy contract. Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of the Cardinals, may not be around next year. How do you see that rolling out? I think Kingsbury will be gone for sure. I've never been a big Kyler Murray fan. He's obviously tremendously athletic and tremendously skilled, but there was just something about him. I'll never be able to get past the toddler running with the remote control. (laughs) It's just every single time I see him, I can't not think of that. I don't think he plays out the end of that contract. There'll probably be some sort of buyout. I have no clue about his work ethic or anything like that. You can only go by what you read. I've just never really been a giant fan. He's a smaller quarterback like Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson just seemed like everything else that a quarterback should be a good leader and a powerful arm. I don't think Kingsbury will be back. I'd be very surprised if he is, but with that contract that they're essentially stuck with him. So that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. That they are. Yeah, exactly. I think he doesn't quite have that leadership from just what I can see on screen just doesn't seem to be there. When things go well, he's, of course, really excited. But when things go bad, he's pretty outspoken. And I know my pet peeve is they always call it emotional on the bench, but let's call it bad or something else. But he doesn't seem to be able to keep his emotions in check. And coming from your leader, that is always 
been one quality of a quarterback that I've never liked. I think that's where Russell Wilson in particular really excels. When things go well, he's good. When things go bad, he's good. Obviously, that's his neutral kind of stance that he always promotes. But I think in this situation, maybe Kyler Murray can learn something about that just his leadership abilities and bringing his team together. So I'd be curious to see with the new coach next year, what that might do with that situation. But speaking of, maybe this is my bias, mediocre quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield starting the week with one team on Monday and then less than three days later now signing with the LA Rams and kind of a spectacular storybook ending to that game that come from behind victory. What do you think of him? I know he obviously took over, you know, in a really quick turnaround for that team. Where do you see his career going? Is he going to stick it out with the Rams, depending what happens with Stafford? Or is he going to get bounced around the league after the end of this year? I think he'll probably still bounce around. I do think it shows just how important coaching is. Mm -hmm. Sean McVay is a tremendous coach. He did well with Jared Goff. Obviously, Matthew Stafford is more talented than that. But... Baker Mayfield, in this case, there's a, an internet meme circulating around whereby he plays a good game and then everyone talks him up. And then the next thing you know, he stinks and you're back and it just goes in a circle. So it was a great story. It was a feel-good story. I enjoyed watching it, but I just think he is what he is. Yeah. And I think he's a second-tier starter and that's all he'll ever be if he does get to continue as a starter. He reminds me a little bit in some capacity of Ryan Fitzpatrick, just has some really good moments, mostly not, mostly average, gets bounced around to whatever team will take him. Could be a starter, but not really, mostly a backup. To me, that's the Baker Mayfield story right there. Yeah. When you have that personality as a backup, people are drawn to you. And they always say that the most popular guy in the room is always the backup quarterback. I think Fitzpatrick is a little more... Smart is certainly not the right Mm. word, but he's a little more accomplished in terms of the academic areas and things like that. So I think he's a little more savvy, whereas I think Mayfield has a little more of the skill. So it's a good comparison. I do think he'll always be a fringe starter. He'll be the guy that if someone goes down or someone has a hole or they're waiting a year or two for their prospect to come along, they'll do it that way. I don't even know if Sean McVay will come back next year for the Rams, to be honest with you. So that would play a huge role into that too. That's a good point. Yeah, he's got some pretty interesting and really, like you said, very skilled coaching abilities. And I'm sure there's a couple of teams on the radar that would definitely be interested in what he can do. I know it wouldn't always be a podcast if we didn't talk about the Seahawks and they looked pretty sad on Sunday against the Panthers. It was basically their game to lose and they did so successfully, unfortunately. Given the state of their defense, which looks really leaky and they can't really seem to tackle well, all of the injuries that they have in the running back position, they're up against pretty stiff competition Thursday night against the 49ers at home. What do you think is going to happen in that game and what are their odds now looking at their playoff picture? They're not going to catch San Francisco. I'd say that's for sure, unless they have a miracle game on Thursday. I don't know. How do you lose at home to the Panthers? Going into the season, we talked about a lot. I had a seven or eight win team, maybe if everything went well. So they really achieved quite a bit. But if you have any type of aspirations, you can't lose to Carolina at home like that. I think the biggest problem for them is their front seven on defense is just really mediocre. Yes. And over the course of a year, as you get a little beat up, it gets even more mediocre. So they're just 
having a lot of trouble up front. And I see that as their biggest thing. And if they can beat San Francisco Thursday night, there's maybe a shot. But other than that, I think they just are what they are. Yeah, it was interesting because I was listening to Pete Carroll earlier on in the week, and he was talking about how you have to fit the defensive scheme to the players. And then yesterday, their defensive coach said you have to fit the players to the defensive scheme. And I thought, okay, if there's a massive disconnect between those two, between the head coach and the defensive coach, this isn't good. So I'm curious to see how that plays out, but I think you're right. It's about the defense and they got to get it together or else this might be about as many wins as they get this season. Geno Smith looked okay on Sunday. It wasn't his best game for sure, but he held his own, especially there was a few touchdowns that were awfully pretty. I think his name's completely taken out of the MVP list, but I know there's still some talk, maybe comeback player of the year. Do you think he gets a vote on either of those awards going forward? I don't think he'll get any MVP votes. They're just not good enough. And I think everyone saw, not necessarily his fault, but the team did lay a substantial egg. It is funny how we talk about the MVP race and all over the internet and TV every week. Who's the MVP? Who's the MVP? Who's the MVP? It's just, how about at the end of the year, you figure out who's the MVP? It gives us something fascinating to talk to. But remember back to Russell Wilson, who he was the MVP the first eight, 10 weeks, no matter, oh, runaway MVP. Mm -hmm. And then it just fizzled. So that's interesting. Comeback player of the year. I think he's got a good shot. Yeah. What about rookie of the year? Looking back at the past 14, 15 weeks, I know there's a lot of talk about Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner. He's super flashy and can definitely catch the eye of people. Just on the opposite side of that, Seahawks cornerback Tariq Woolen, he's leading the league with interceptions. Does he have a chance at that? I don't think he does because I think that the media hype will be with Sauce Gardner, but I think Tariq has been just as good, if not better. I just think that the media hype that goes into a lot of this, and that's how a lot of these awards go, is once the ball gets rolling and the media ball gets rolling, that's it. So I don't necessarily think he has a chance, but I do think he's been almost or as good. Agreed. Absolutely. And just to wrap up here, looking at the week ahead, the next few games can really have an impact on a lot of teams' playoff chances. Everybody's really bunched together, especially in the wildcard spots in terms of making it into the playoffs. Are there any games this weekend that you're particularly looking forward to? The biggest game, obviously, for me, would be the Dolphins and the Bills. Mm -hmm. Miami beat Buffalo earlier this year. I'm not nearly as confident they'll be able to do it in Buffalo, but that will go a long way to deciding a playoff spot, at least for the Dolphins in that sense. There's an odd amount of mismatches this week. You anticipate all these big games. The biggest game might be the Giants and the Commanders in the NFC East, but they're two teams that have no interest in watching at all. It's a lot of the good teams, like the Eagles play the 3-10 and 10 Bears. The, yeah. the Chiefs play the 1-11-1 and 1 Texans. It's just an odd week in terms of matchups. The Vikings are 10-3, and 3 and they play the Colts, who are 4-8-1. and 1. For me, the best thing about this week is I think there's a chance for some upsets. And so betting-wise, yeah. if you happen to enjoy that kind of thing, this is a week you might have some fun. I think you're right. And it's a weird Saturday. I think there's triple header games on Saturday. So that should be a little bit different. I'm hoping the 49ers-Seahawks Thursday night game is a good one. I'm afraid it might not be, but you never know. It's the NFL. Oddly enough, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but one game that I'm keeping an eye on are the Lions and the Jets, two teams that I never thought would come out of my mouth thinking that might be a good game. <laughs> I'm curious to see both terrible teams now average. And so two surprising teams going up against each other. 
not high on my radar, but keeping an eye on it. What do you think of our producer Peter McCulley's Dallas mm. Cowboys at 10 and 3? Are they an actual contender or are they like the Vikings and just a bit of a fraudulent 10 and 3 squad? I have a feeling, and I, he might cut me off for saying this, but I'm going to say fraudulent. <laughs> How about you? I think the NFC is weak this year. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, so far, are the runaway leaders, but I think they can be had as well. If I had to pick a team, it would prior to Garoppolo's injury, I would have said the 49ers. But it's pretty wide open. I'm just not a Dak Prescott fan. I just don't think he's an elite quarterback. You can win with him. There's just something about him that just doesn't scream Super Bowl champion to me. I've always thought about Prescott, and not necessarily in the same way as Kyler Murray in terms of his leadership skills, but there is an element of Prescott that I feel like he's good. He's not consistent. I think in order to get to the next level to be great, he has to rein in his emotions at times and just take that leadership component and just take it a step further. And I've never seen that progression in him. You realize this, of course, means the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. hundred percent. That might mean we get to do an hour long podcast. So I'm okay with that. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Philip. As usual, it's been great to chat and I look forward to seeing what this weekend brings. Thanks, Aaron. Take care. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Hollischuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across BC where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across BC, the best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com.